0: And three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to Opinions and Beer. Today marks the 99th anniversary of Veterans Day. If you don't know, Veterans Day was commenced on November eleventh, 1919, by President Woodrow Wilson. It was originally called Armistice Day in 19. 19- In 1954, President Eisenhower officially changed the name to Veterans Day. In 1968, a bill was passed by Congress which moved Veterans Day to the 4th Monday in October. And that law went into effect for only a few years, about 4 years, and Gerald Ford returned Veterans Day to November 11th due to its important historical significance. 7 million veterans served during the Vietnam War. 5.5 million veterans served during the Persian Gulf War. Of the 16 million Americans who served during World War II, about 558,000 are still alive, actually. Two million veterans served during the Korea War. Three states uh, have more than one million veterans among their population. California has 1.8 million. Florida has 1.6 million. And Texas has 1.7 million veterans. There's a lot of people around to thank for their service. For their dedication to serving the military and keeping our uh, freedom intact, today is like I said, it is a special day. We have Ed Ray here with us co-hosting. We were going to be doing say hello, Ed Ray. Hello, everyone. We were going to be doing a the uh, a separate beer, but due to scheduling conflicts. Uh, we had to move some things around. Today is a start of something new. We will be doing a bit more of a fun show. Uh, and we will try to continue going forward to have more fun. More fun, less politics. For the next few podcasts, we will ha- it will be Thanksgiving themed. We will somehow tie Thanksgiving into the show. Uh, someone has to. Uh, it's, 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 I'm sure you've noticed it's become a uh, forgotten holiday. But it will not be forgotten on opinions and beer. The beer of the day comes from Comstock, Michigan. It is Bell's Winter White L. It is a Belgium-inspired L. And uh, for one, I love Belgium ales. Belgium ales are probably among my top five favorite uh, style of beer. Uh, I'm more, I am more of a, uh, of a blonde, uh, of a light light L type guy uh, compared to the the more IPA that uh, it, people lean towards I'm gonna go ahead and try this beer you can definitely taste the Belgium yeast in it definitely has a Belgium uh, a classic uh, Belgium taste I'm not tasting this it says that it has a lot of spices in it I'm not getting any of the spices at all uh, it says it has cloves. Oh, without the use of any spices. Okay. Okay, so that was the point. They wanted to have some of the flavor without the spice. Hmm, interesting. It's definitely a good beer. Like I said, I am partial. I am impartial. I'm partial to Belgium-style L's. And this beer is great as a Belgium ale. It's not as ironically I feel like the flavor isn't inspiring enough uh even though it's a good beer I feel like they may have missed uh missed the mark a little bit when as far as uh, giving you something unique um still uh still a good beer but I feel like I could probably buy something a little cheaper that uh tastes the same uh, I probably give this uh shoot it's pretty good but it's just it really just tastes like a typical, like something something a um, home brewer might make. No offense to home brewers, but it just doesn't have that all out uh, taste to it. I think I'm gonna give it two Winter Wonderlands out of 10 Reindeer. <laughs> and uh, so that's the beer of the day. <sighs> We're gonna move along. We have our very first, Ed Ray, you know what we have? Uh. (laughs) You hear him? Talk about some, we need some professional etiquette here, Ed Ray. Ed Ray, today we have our very first cross promotion. I'll tell you right now, if you are looking for a traditional down to the schematics beer podcast, do I have the show for you? It is the 2-Minute Beer Review Podcast. Right now, they have 15 episodes as well as 13 live bonus episodes. It is hosted by Andrew S. Berkham. You can find it on Pinecast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. We are going to play you a little portion of this just to, just to show you the craftsmanship that goes into this man's podcast. I mean, he sounds like an infomercial. Let's go ahead and click on, let's do Dogfish Head. It's a popular, popular brand. It's that time of the week where we face down that massive craft brew aisle in search of the hidden treasures we've been missing out on all along. This week, we're going to try to beat the clock with 90-minute IPA from Dogfish Head Brewery in Milton, Delaware. Is this beer an hour and a half of bliss or a countdown to IPA disaster? And if you wanna hear more, please, please, please visit his podcast, which you should, especially if you wanna hear more about beer because that, I mean, that is professionalism right there. Moving right along here, we have two big bits today. We have a, what I hope to be reoccurring bits. We have a Thanksgiving quiz that I'm going to give to Ed Ray and me and Ed Ray are then going to react to some old retro commercials, and I think reacting to retro commercials is going to be a reoccurring thing. I believe I've I've heard it from several people that they enjoyed it the first time. And that's why we're bringing it back, and we are going to continue to bring it back. The more people request it. But first off, I, like I said, we're gonna kick thing. We're gonna kick off Thanksgiving theme with a Thanksgiving quiz. The next three separate hosts, we will do this quiz and see who can get these answers right is everybody ready for the quiz okay ready okay question number one according to the butterball corporation they recommend that you thaw a wrapped turkey in the refrigerator how long per four pounds of bird is it a one hour per four pounds b eight hours per four pounds C: One day per four pounds. D. Four hours per four pounds. D. And Ed Ray says, D. Four hours per four pounds. Is that the correct answer? C, You, the Butterball Corporation recommends that you thaw a wrapped turkey in the refrigerator for one whole day per four pounds. So that'd be, so that's 24 hours for four pounds. That's 12 hours. So that's six hours a pound, is that correct? Correct. Six hours per pound to thaw a wrapped turkey. Okay. Let me make sure that I got a, I'm gonna a one every time you get one right. That's okay. Okay. True question number 2. True or false? Thanksgiving is celebrated only in the United States. False. False. Canada celebrates a Thanksgiving also. You are correct. You just got your first 10 points. Question Number three. The Greek goddess of corn is... A. Demeter B. Cornucopia C. Ceres D. Granophilia Mm, D. D. Granophilia Let's see the answer... Wrong! It was Hey, Demeter. If you said C, that's the Roman god of grain. Very close. But no, Grainophilia and cornucopia are not the <laughs> They're not the right answer, Ed Ray. Those were those were to throw you off. It's fine. Some people just don't know the Greek gods. Question number four. The first department store to hold a Thanksgiving parade was A. Montgomery Wards B. JCPenney's C. C Gimbles D. Macy's or E. None of the above? D. D. Macy's. Ooh! I can see why you think that because of the Macy's Day Parade, but the cr- the correct answer was C. Gimbel's department store in Philadelphia in 1920 was the first department store to hold a Thanksgiving parade. So far you are one in four. Question number five. What is the name of the famous rock credited to where the pilgrims first landed? What rock Did the Pilgrims land on? Plymouth Rock. He says Plymouth Rock. Is Edray correct? Correct! You just scored your second 10 points. You are now at 20 points. Question? Okay, we are halfway done. How do you feel so far about your answers? Let's get to it. Is it Tricky. Tricky. Question number six. Butterball says that once the turkey is done, you should let it stand for 15 minutes before serving because A, so you don't burn your tongue when you eat it, B, it's easier, it's easier to carve, C, to let the aroma go through the house, or D, to let the stuffing cool a bit before you take it out. So why should you let it stand for 15 minutes? B, B because it's easier to carve. Let's see what the answer is. Ooh, the correct answer is D to let the stuffing cool down to 165 for better serving temperature. Damn. And Edray is actually the cook of the fi- the cook amongst these uh, amongst the hosts. Uh, but these, are, these questions are definitely stumping him but we are learning a lot we are learning some good stuff uh, just in time for the holidays question number seven the native americans who were invited to the thanksgiving feast were of the wham wham panagog panog Whampanog? Whampanog? how do you say that how do I know? Wamp- Wampanoag tribe, Wampanog tri- the Wampanoag tribe, who was their chief? Was it A, Massacist, B, Pimaquid C, Simoset, D, Squanto? D. He says D Squanto. Ooh, the correct. I I see why you may have thought that. Believe Squanto, uh, met with them first, but the chief was actually Mass Mass Massacyst. Trick trick questions. Quit trick questions. Ed Ray is having a tough time. He's being stumped. Uh. Question number eight. What was the name of the ship the Pilgrims came over on? Mayflower. And Ed Ray says the Mayflower. Correct, Mayflower. You just scored another 10 points. You have two more questions to go. Who was the captain of the Mayflower? According to tales, who captain the Mayflower? Who captain the pilgrims? According to the story,
1: I have no answer. No
0: answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is no answer your final answer? The correct a- Oh wow. Okay. The answer was Christopher Jones. Christopher Jones. I I I was even stumped on that one. I thought it was going to be Christopher Columbus. Unless Christopher Jones was his real name. Was Christopher was Christopher Columbus's real name Christopher Jones?
1: No, his real name was Cristobal Colon.
0: So who so that's pretty crazy. I, d- I did not know of Christopher Jones. Very interesting. Uh, and your 10th and final question. Okay. Thanksgiving became a national holiday. Thanks. Uh, Thanksgiving became a national holiday thanks to this woman who was an editor Of a woman's magazine called The Goodies. The Goodies Ladies The Goodies Ladies Book. Was it Sarah Hell? Was it was it A Sarah Hell? B Sarah Parker C Sarah Bradford or D Sarah Standish? C, C, Sarah Bradford, let's see the answer, dang, it was A, Sarah Hell, born in 1788, died 1879, she handwrote letters to Congress for years to establish Thanksgiving. So Ed Ray, let's calculate your points, do 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 Ray you scored uh, you have got a grade of F you have 30 points <laughs> let's just hope the future two contestants uh, get get more wrong <laughs> let's let's go ahead and we're gonna move along here we are going to react to some older commercials here's a commercial
1: In constant communication with their affordable, transportable, cellular
0: telephone. Hello? Oh yes, yeah, he's right here. It's for you. Oh okay, so we gotta <laughs> we gotta talk about this already. Okay. So, well, so what so what what are you watching right here?
1: Well I'm watching a uh, commercial with a box that carries a telephone that you can uh, walk with at a park or
0: talk to in a car. So <laughs> this I mean this is the original cell phone and it's <laughs> can, you <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine people carrying those around right now
1: well with the way people are these days it may be easier for them to carry maybe not who knows
0: but yeah these this is the original cell phone the original cell phone had a cord it was a corded phone and this was a commercial it was a Radio Shack cell phone it there's a giant box it was a giant. It looks like it looks like a jukebox. It's like you're carrying around a jukebox with a phone attached to it. Who who <laughs> who would want to carry around a jukebox with a phone?
1: Aside from the United States military, I have no clue.
0: Oh, you know what? That is that is one thing. You know, speaking of Veterans Day, you know, the military is is really the first people to um, to make stuff. They're like the biggest inventors.
1: Well, obviously, the military is more than just going out to fight in another war, you know. They are also one of the most innovative uh, entities in American history.
0: Yeah, I mean, they invented the uh, microwave. They invented
1: uh, this. They invented emergency rations in case people are hungry
0: during times of crisis. Exactly. So, I mean, that's just a, that's just a nice throwback to the past, and it's good tie-in to uh, Veterans Day. Let's play this next commercial.
1: Hi, this is from Peter Piper Pizza, and just wait till you hear this. For a limited time, get a large cheese pizza for only $2.95. That's right, $2.95. Add sausage, mushroom, pepperoni, and any of your favorite toppings, and it's not much more. Buy one or two, or as many as you like. It's your choice. You pick them, we'll pack them to go. Or eat them here. We've got plenty of seating. A large cheese pizza, $2.95. So come on over to Peter Piper
0: Pizza. Peter, do you, do you remember Peter Piper Pizza? Oh yeah, it was
1: one of the best uh, pizza eateries back in the good old days. There's a dining
0: room section
1: and it would often be divided by an entertainment section whether it was arcades, skee-ball, maybe even a hockey table.
0: Did they always have the um, arcade section or was that integrated in later?
1: I believe it was integrated later as Peter Piper Pizza grew to newer heights before the competition. Uh, essentially destroyed them.
0: Who was their uh, competition?
1: Well, they had uh, loads of competition. One of them was Mazio's, and I think CeCe's Pizza was starting around the time that Peter Pepper
0: Pizza uh, peaked. Oh, really? I mean, uh, I've seen some um, some more 90s. That, w- that commercial for, was from 1987. I've seen some 90s commercials where it looked like they had a more uh, um, mouse, a mouse pe- Chuck E. e-, e. Cheese-themed
1: yeah, Chuck E. Cheese started off as Showbiz Pizza, founded by Nolan Bushnell. And I think that was one of the biggest competitors of Peter Pepper Pizza at the time. Oh,
0: really? But you, th- let's react to that. Um, a large, L- listen, I can't stress this enough when I see these old commercials. $2.50 for a
1: large pizza. Yep, that's the economy for you. And one of these days, I'm gonna have to talk
0: about it on my own podcast. I mean, two dollars and fifty cents, two dollars and fifty cents for a large, for a large pizza. Yeah, compared
1: that today, where a large pizza would cost you about thirteen dollars, and it it, it ain't enough to feed a whole family nowadays. Compared to if you were to get the equivalent of five
0: pizzas that were two dollars and fifty cents, I mean, it's just so crazy. It's just insane. Peter Piper, you know, I, I, feel, I feel like I vaguely remember it. I feel like I've been to a Peter Piper's maybe once or twice when I was a wee little. And you know, th- uh, there some do still exist. Funny thing about Peter Piper's Pizza is that there are some that are still uh, around. They're just uh, not around us a lot. I think about 75% of their stores uh, closed down, so a lot of the places lost them. I think there's still some in Arizona and uh, a, few, a few states. Where the original was, uh, I think the original was from Arizona, huh? I want to believe. And so uh, I think there's still some in the from the original location, uh, r- original state. Uh, there's probably some elsewhere, but there's there's none near us, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, so it sucks that. So Showbiz, it was Showbiz Pizza that eventually became Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, sir. I think it
1: was, in, I think uh, Showbiz Pizza started in the uh, early '80s, but it really grew.
0: All the way out through the 90s. Wow. And they just had that extra mouse character? Where'd the mouse character come from? Chuck E. Cheese himself. I believe it started at, uh... They just, they, okay, they just had him as a character and they just centered the, um, brand around him.
1: Yes, because there were more mouse characters during the good old days of Showbiz Pizza.
0: Oh, really? That's cool. Okay, uh... We're going to move along right here. This is more of a Christmas uh, commercial, but it's going to be fun to talk about, I think. Th- they're already playing Christmas music. You know, don't don't judge us.
1: All 7-Up would like to give you a gift of holiday cheer. Just put four proofs of purchase from two liter bottles of any refreshing 7-Up product. Take them to boys on Us. And for just $19.99, you get the new spot game back for Nintendo Game Boy. A $5 savings. Just in time for Christmas. Put 7-Up in your
0: holiday and make the season bright. So
1: so what was that we just watched? Well, basically, we watched the 7-Up character spot, uh, go around all those bottles, and make a Christmas tree out of the labels and then they were promoting uh, Nintendo products at a time when Nintendo... $5
0: off. $5 off the Spot character, man. What happened to Spot?
1: Well, apparently 7-Up wanted to try something different in the mid-1990s and they decided to retire the character which I think was a big mistake because when Spot was the mascot of 7-Up, 7-Up had record sales because of how entertaining the commercials were because entertaining commercials make great marketability.
0: Yeah, I mean, what happened to mascots? You know, actually, wasn't Spot their third mascot? I mean, it was their first, like, uh, artificial mascot, but was, like, their third uh, spokesperson?
1: Yeah, because uh, they had some mascots of 7-Up back in the 60s and the 70s, which proved successful for 7-Up, but uh, Spot was the best character, the best mascot in the history of the company.
0: Now, I want to dive into uh, how, like— you know this generation, they're not gonna know how much of an how much of an impact Spot was in the '90s, and I'm gonna uh, play something else. I'm gonna play a secondary spot commercial. But Spot, that logo, that care, that he was big. He was a big thing, and for Seven Up to just up and get rid of him after all the success that Spot, I feel like Spot made Seven Up a national brand. Uh, more so than uh, anything else. If you didn't notice, in that commercial, uh, Spot, uh, the 7-Up, they were promoting that if you snip off their stuff and turn it into Toys R Us, <laughs> which is another, uh, well, I think I think they're bringing it back as Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's Toy Shop or something. But they're promoting getting $5 off a Game Boy. Now, the big thing about this promotion is is that something happened in the 90s and we're going to show you one of them. A bizarre crime has been committed.
1: Public flabbergasted. Cops baffled. John Chu public, I say this is awful. Carnage, man, despair. Anarchy. The cool spots have been kidnapped. And only one spot is left to save his cohorts. He'll need your help. Make no mistake. You'll encounter crabberry underwear. Demented cheese swinging pajama by teeth with
0: no head. But remember that little cool spot is out there somewhere. You may be all his guys. Sega Genesis. <laughs> back when you can make fun of cops and donuts but <laughs> so we just watched the cool spot 1994 Sega Genesis commercial cool spot I just want you to hear this cool spot a drink logo had its own video game franchise but I mean he had a Sega do you remember that game uh, what cool spot for the Sega Genesis! Yes. Oh, that was a big game.
1: That was one of the biggest games of the 1990s, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Sega Genesis had better controls, had better music, and it—the atmosphere was electric with that game compared to uh, Game Boy or any other game that was related to Spot. Because even though Cool Spot was not the first game of the Seven Up uh, mascot, it was the biggest and the most successful.
0: I mean, and the game was fun. The game was a good game.
1: The Cool Spot was one of the biggest games of the 1990s. Not only just for Sega Genesis, but also for Super Nintendo. And like I said, Spot had multiple games going all the way to the end of uh, Spot's
0: popularity in 1995. I mean, I miss things like this. I miss I miss it when brands cared and they try to give you something extra. I mean, I can't. I couldn't even imagine... A soda company today releasing a video game. It's things aren't what they used to be. I don't made. think. I don't think. I don't even know of a mascot anymore. Do you know of any mascots? Like most mascots, most mascots have been uh, reduced down to uh, weird symbols. From the early '90s to the mid '90s, we had
1: mascots, and mascots proved successful for soda companies. And then in the latter half of the 1990s we went from mascots to subliminal messages whatever What? and that's what yeah i mean commercials were trying to promote subliminal messages regarding all sorts of things yes and that is the ultimate form of disrespect to the people that were fans of mascots because mascots were great in terms of market marketability especially when you got
0: extra i mean <laughs> i mean who doesn't want a mascot that you can like like, I want, I, would, I want to play a game and then go I go to the store and be drinking that game's drink. I want to go to the store, buy a 7-Up, and go play Cool Spot on Sega. Go ahead. Hey, let us know, is there a mascot that you miss? Is there a mascot that you remember? Is there a mascot that you love? If you don't love the mascots, uh, then I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's, it's our opinions, and it's our beer. And that's all we have here is opinions and beer. Opinions and beer. Opinions and beer. can't go wrong with opinions and beer. Opinions and beer. Opinions and beer. All we got here are opinions. Say goodbye to Ed Ray. Goodbye everybody and follow me on Bit Shoot. And beer.